You were studious. Were you studious? No, not really. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. I'm Bob Galen. How are you all doing? It's a sunny day here in Carolina. Is it sunny? I haven't been outside in a while. Yeah. Last week, last week was it? I was in New York. Oh my God, Josh. Yeah. Cold snow. That's a, yeah. I had to dig out my car, my rental car. And they plowed it in. Damn them. <laughs> they, you know how they plowed it in? It was up halfway up the door. I couldn't even open the freaking doors of the car. Welcome to the Northeast. Yeah. Well, you were born in Ohio. Beautiful right? Ohio. In the summer, <laughs> in, in the yeah. winter, it's yeah. not so great. Yeah, it's gray for months. So, welcome, Metacasters. It's been a little while. Uh, we've been we've been offline a little bit, mm-hmm. right? but we're, we're back. We're, we're, we never went away. You're right. We never. We're, we're here. We're we're going strong. Uh, and we want to thank you. We want to welcome you to the Metacast. What are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about. Points. We may have a point about story points. We may have a point to make. Yeah, one or two. Cool. And story points, this is one of those things that um, I'm not sure we've ever really tackled. I think we've loosely talked about them in the past, but never dedicated a full episode to I it. I think we did an estimation one, but, right. but years, I mean, we've been doing this for five years. I think it was probably one of our, you know, mm-hmm. in the first year and a half. So it's yeah. been a long time. And, and at the time, I, I, I'm, I'm, t- I'm taking a walk on the wild side, but I think I probably dominated the discussion, so that won't happen today. We'll be, more, <laughs> we'll be shut up. We'll be more balanced. We'll try. I will do my best to get a word in edgewise. Yes. So story point estimation. Yeah. One of the things that's come up a lot internal to our squads and just in discussions that I've had a lot lately is story points and what are they and how do you use them? Are they consistent across squads and teams? What's your measure? Is it complexity? Is it effort? Is it some mix of whatever? Just what is a story point and how should you use it? Cool. So the stage is set, Mr. Galen. Do you want me to... Well, I mean... I don't even know when to start. I I think story points are relatively... Story points are relatively simple. I mean, it's a simple concept... I, I saw some of the flame wars you're refer, you're lately referring to. Yeah. I just happened to see them, and and actually my reaction to them is exactly what I'm saying. It's like you know get a you know get a get a day job or get a grip. Why are we arguing about story points so much? It's people have been using them for what ten plus years or something like that. But I guess there's confusion out there. So on the flip side, there's a lot of confusion. So why don't we define the way I read into that was that. It was the big A agile approach where folks were looking for a stamped, approved way. way that can be used everywhere. So that's a bad. So that's a nice way to start the metacast. So it, I didn't see it quite that way, but I'm not arguing with you. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, if if folks are looking for story points 101 by and we use that's that's referenced by Cone by the mm-hmm. Mike Cone book. And, and Mike Cohn would probably be the first one to say, please don't take my words as gospel mm-hmm. right, or biblical in proportion. Right. So uh, there is no, let's agree that there is no standard, there, there should be no standard way that, you know, in the, you know, in the earth 
a million agile teams should do it the same way. Right. Right. It's just it doesn't make sense to do it that way. So there is no there's there's a framework for story points. There's a set of ideas that are sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some principles around story mini principles around story points, but and maybe that's where we take the metacast. Yeah. Those mini principles around story points, but then there's some flexibility to them. So what do you think the so the first thing is there is no standard. Uh, can we nail the other idea, which is we want to normalize story points across teams? Can we hit that? What, yeah. do, you, what do you think about that? Uh, they should not be, right? Because um, Well, people nowadays, though, there are there is discussion. Right, from a scaling agile. From a safe perspective. Yeah. And not just safe. I mean, it happened before safe. There was the, People said it before yeah. being brought out safe, but safe is accentuating it. But there's this notion, if I have 10 scrum teams... Mm-hmm. Do they all have? Can I add up their points, and can I compare? Can I arithmetically compare the teams in points across all ten teams? To me, that gets back to the uh, potentially impossible question to answer of measuring developer productivity. At that, you've moved it up another level, and you're trying to gauge productivity of the team or squad at that level. That's just time not well spent. So you're measuring. I want to clarify what you're saying. Uh, so you're measuring estimate accuracy across teams and measurement quality across teams, and that's not time well spent? I'm trying to find a single metric that tells you how productive a person is building software or a group of people. So I could do software. it. I could, I could bring points. However you define So I've seen people do points yeah. per person. Right. It's pretty easy to do the math, right? So you can do the math. Uh, I've seen points per person and points per team. Yes. And and you use it as a, a carrot and stick measure across teams. Is this a good team or a bad team? Right. Uh, so we think that's... And those, I have used those, and I do use those to um, think about what could we do. Now, the key is to use them in that same frame of mind, not, I've been places, you left places before I left that place, where we were chartered to have a 12.5% improvement Ooh. in velocity across all teams. Quarter by quarter, I know. Yeah, no, luckily it was just over the year. Um, so that, yeah, so stuff like that. But as you, as you do big, chunky sizings, to me, it's helpful to have an understanding of capacity of what this group of people can do. But let's be cl- again, let's be clear. So let's not use them for person or team uh, performance Correct. metrics from the point of view of carrots and sticks. Yes, it is uh, not. I'm give you more money. Your performance, or even in the hallway, I'm going to look at team A and I'm going to say, "Boy, team B is better than you because they just did five more points than you did last sprint." Right. Because as soon as you do that. People will play the game and they'll start sizing differently. And then the real value of the points are out the window. Okay. So so don't do that. I agree with you 100% right. on that, 110% on that. Now, you did bring up the area where I think points are valuable. Aggregated points. It's called them aggregated points, normalized points mm-hmm. across teams. Is high-level forecasting. Guys like you and I, mm-hmm. who are pointy-headed leaders, mm-hmm. it, you got to do something. You right. need something at a high level to say what what is roughly in play for my teams right. versus not in play for my teams. Right. What do I think we can in the ballpark commit to? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's tied to release planning sometimes. It's yeah. tied to release forecasting. I do think points aggregated are useful there. And I, it helps, to me, it really helps the product owners as they start to look at things 
um, they get an understanding of the velocity of their group of people that they're working with. And as refinement gets better and better, they can start to have a better look ahead of, okay, we're going to probably have this in the next couple of sprints, just how things are lining up. And the key is it's got to be at that level because the core foundation of the story point for me is that it's a relative sizing and that it's done quickly and not spending a lot of time on it. You have enough information to do the relative sizing, but that's where it lies. Okay. At, at eye contact, I'll use a, a, a congregate example because I can still remember it. Our teams, we had about 10 to somewhere between 10 and 15 scrum teams over time. They averaged somewhere between 20, 21 points on the low end and 28, 29 points mm-hmm. on the high end per team, right. uh, for, for on a team-by-team basis. Yeah. That was their rolling three-point, uh, three-spread average right. per team. So we kept a rolling average, mm-hmm. so we tried to be healthy about on a team-by-team basis. When I did release planning, it's not even release planning. When I did back of the napkin, what the heck can we do next quarter? Right. I did 25 points. Yep, that's where I would have times been. 10 teams. Yep. Or whatever it is. And I told the teams so I didn't even hide it. I didn't even I didn't keep this number to myself. Right. I didn't game it with the teams. I just said when I do forecasting teams, I'm going to use 25 points. Are you comfortable? I actually asked everyone if they were roughly comfortable with that mm-hmm. at the level. So uh, so that's and so then I would do the math and say on a sprint by sprint basis, 10 teams, I we we could get done what 250 points per per sprint. Uh, we did four sprint releases, so we did sort of a math of say we we have rough, rough capacity of a thousand points mm-hmm. uh, per release, things like that. Th- those were nice numbers, and you brought it up not just for me as a leader. It helped me. Mm-hmm. It really helped the product owner organization mm-hmm. sort of figure out what was. It, they did a lot of strategy based on that. It helped them figure out what was in play and what was not in play. Does that are you comfortable with what I just I agree said? completely? And the and it's those big back of the napkin things where. A lot of organizations, and this is something that I'm working through myself, is I we've talked about some of the baggage that I have, right, is having that comfort and that trust that the trust is with myself, with the team, and with the rest of the leadership out there that I can say, I think we could do about this much. And right. it doesn't turn into a blood oath. Right. That as long as you're playing these big, chunky terms, everybody knows that and is aware of that, yep. then it's the right tool for that. Yep. Um, but you and I have been places where as soon as you say anything about any date and any potential scope, it's, you know... Well, then you're back, to, the, then you're back to these waterfall games that right. you make. If So if I'm in a healthy organization, then 25 is is in the ballpark. If I was in an unhealthy organization, then I'm going to pad down. Right. I'm going to say 15, or I'm going to say, I'm, you know, and I'm not trying to, I don't want to lie, right. but I'm going to lie because I because there's ambiguity. Mm-hmm. And if someone wants a guarantee, right. then, then I'm going to go down, which is sort of this unhealthy, I don't know, game that we play. Right. We played it in Waterfall, and, and you can do that in Agile instances sometimes if you have to. I'd rather not. I'd rather have it on the sort of healthy side mm-hmm. where we're going to plan at 25 and then sprint by sprint we're going to measure the sort of thing. I, I have a question for you, though. If you do that, and, and again, I use eye contact as an example, um, one of the problems we had there is the points need to, the best way I can say it is they need to be in the ballpark. Yeah. Because if you have a team that's, that's the way they're pointing, they're, they're pointed, their velocity is 75 and another team whose velocity is 25. So at eye contact, we were in the ballpark. We were like 21. It was actually even tw- like 22 to 28. Right. 
So, so we they were relatively close. The stories, the stories in each team, a large story or an eight in the eights were roughly the same size from team to team to team. Yeah, uh, you need that if the eights are like actually you know huge for one team and small for another team then it makes this aggregation thing really difficult. Have you seen that? So yeah, how, it's got to be in the ballpark. I think you're right because so we've talked about do they need to be the same and do you need to enforce cohesion on story point sizing across all teams? The answer is no, but they need to be in the same realm. So how do you, how do, you do that? How do you get the teams... Because it's an art, I think, to some degree, it's an art. Because you don't want to be, hit. you don't want to give them a card to say. So I want to step back and not go there yet. Okay. What I'd like to do is step back and. Cool. We are a new agile team. We just signed up. We all got hired together. It's the first sprint. It's okay. the first refinement. Oh, cool! This I like is this. where I think a lot of people struggle. It's like, how do I get started? What do I do? So, how do I do points? Right. What did, what points do you use? What units? Oh, what, I like what? the way you. I like the way you're taking us, Josh. I do what I can, sir. I know. To rate me, cool. All right, so so you answer your own question then. No, I no. I want you answer it. Works. Yes, it is. You answered. You asked a really good question. Son damn it, of a biscuit. But you did. I did. So what do we do? So the way I approach it is pick a reference story, a frame of reference. And what our team did, which I was cool with, was we're going to add um, one field to the database and bubble it the whole way up to the front end. So that's our that's our lowest point. That That's a one-pointer for us. And then everybody started layering complexity on top of that. Now, I struggle a little bit with having a reference point be in the middle. Because then, how do you define what's larger than the next size and things like that? So I would, I would prefer you pick kind of a midpoint of this is our middle story and go there and say this is a five. And then you know if stuff's bigger than that or smaller than that. It's a little bit harder when your reference point is at the very bottom because then you've got a lot of leeway on the top end. Right. I usually start in the middle. If I yep. can influence a team, I do the same thing. You, you said something important there that I want to amplify. You said end-to-end. You didn't say it that way, but you said database to the UI, I think. So what you what you said is, what is the simplest demonstrable end-to-end thing yeah. that we can... Pre- every every story that you we're estimating is not half. It's not just the back end. Right. It's not just the QA part. And it's not just... Yeah, it's not just... It's, it's an end-to-end. So it's an end-to-end thingy. Uh, you hear thin slices sometimes used. So thin slices, uh, sushimis, all this sushi oh, stuff. Yeah, there's... But the point is, it's end-to-end demonstrable functionality. Mm-hmm. Is, and that's what we're estimating. Yeah. Back to your point. I like going in the middle. I use these silly dog... I actually like that dog thing. I use it all the time in my classes. You know, you estimate. I start with dogs. It's let's yeah. find a medium dog. Then let's go half relatively. Yeah. What's half of that dog? What that would be a, uh, you know. So I go medium, small, and large. Yeah. Uh, this call it one, three, and five. So I'm assigning points to them. I start in the middle and I go. Uh, I go one and I go five, and I, I start amplifying the relativity right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I mean? What do I mean by that? It, so I, I'm. I'm I have an unhealthy addiction to soda, so I always go to, I go to fast food, and I wanna, I wanna buy a Coke. Yep. Right. I want a medium. I don't know the exact number of ounces that are in every Coke that every restaurant has, but I know what about a medium? Oh, I like that. So that's a, that's the same thing. Yeah. And they're not. So if you get, let's say it's thirty-two ounces in the medium, part of relativity, everyone is not. It, it's not 
that the small is exactly 16. It's relatively a small. So I could have a 14-ounce small or a 12-ounce small, and I would say that's still a small. It's roughly half the size of the medium. Are you okay with that? That's yeah, and I don't want people to get hung up on roughly half the size, right? Because what I'm worried about is people will start doing cutting things in don't, half. And don't do the math. Yeah. I'm trying to get people not to do precise. It's it's a that's emphasized relative. So it's it's approximately half the size, or it's approximately twice the size. Mm-hmm. Don't get hung up on the math. And we're all engineers, right? So everyone gets caught up. Oh, so if it's a 16, then it's 32.009 or right. something, right? What about overflow? What if they overfill the cup and right. it's on the lid? You know, is it is it a is it a large plus? And and folks. You know, so I, another I think key for points is they're just a rough sizing, or they're approximate sizing, or they're relative sizing. Mm-hmm. Are you cool? With I agree completely, and I've pushed really hard, and we actually bought timers for our teams because you get to a point where after you go through the planning poker exercise, and I don't think we should cover that here. We'll cover that at some point later. But after you go through the planning poker exercise, after about five minutes. The amount of effort you put into it does not match the return you get. You aren't going to get incrementally more accurate results after that. Everybody's gut feel when communicated with each other is pretty darn good. Yep. And then I, go from there. I, I agree. We we came we came up with you know how to do it. So if we're a brand new team, uh, you need to now we didn't. How about units? So let's go back. You need a reference point. So one thing with a new team is you find a reference point. You and I sort of recommend, if we can, medium. So go to something in the middle. middle, Somewhere in the middle and then derive lows from that and highs from that. So anchor yourself in the middle. I think Mm -hmm. that's pretty sound advice. We were indirectly talking about so, so like what what are called t-shirt sizes mm-hmm. or now I'm soda sizes right yeah. so we you know three three buckets is very common small medium and large one three and five uh, it could be the same thing with with sodas uh, that's that's one that's one set of units that that I see commonly used Fibonacci is another set of units yeah so I like the Fibonacci approach because the higher you get the faster the numbers accelerate and Generally, the bigger things are, the harder they are to approximate correctly. So I like that it accelerates. So you like the accelerate stuff of everything above like thirteen and tw- uh, thirteen it, to twenty, and it, it grows goes. fast because you're if you're off ten percent at that level, that ten percent is a huge miss. So what I found, and it's kind of been weird for the past two groups I've coached along this process. That top end story that's too big for us has been 13. I don't know why. I don't know how. I haven't influenced the second group like I did the first group. But at 13, it just got to be too big. So we had so too big to fit, or too big to discuss, or too too big. It, it was uncomfortable at 13. Uncomfortable, yeah. So a 13 would fit into your sprint. It would probably probably, but it was uncomfortable at a size perspective. And a, do we really know enough? Is okay. it should we break it down? That that's always been not always. That's that's been the breaking point for the past couple of crews I worked through this process. Yep. And the first one I certainly helped coach get there, but the second one has been more organic as they've been off on their own and they've realized, okay, if we get a thirteen, we've got to break it down. So I I lean people away from Fibonacci and and I I agree with your point. It's not that it's bad. Mm-hmm. I can I can coach teams with t-shirt sizes or yeah. Fibonacci. 
I, I think Fibonacci gives you too many choices. That's yeah. one observation I have. Yeah. So it can create over debate. Uh, the way I handle the large things is I just call it extra large. Yeah. So for me in the t-shirt sizing, there's there's actually five buckets. There's tiny, mm -hmm. which is something that is too small. Right. There's extra large, which is something that's bigger than and large. So small, medium, and large fits into a sprint. I hope this makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. I want you to think a large will fit into a sprint, whatever mm -hmm. our sprints are. Mm -hmm. uh, a small and a medium will fit there. A tiny is something that's just minuscule. We're wasting time. So that's aggregated into a small somehow. It could be a bug fix. Mm -hmm. Are we going to really estimate bug fixes? Uh, that would be tinies. And an extra large is anything above, anything that's bigger than a sprinter we're uncomfortable. Just why Why even worry if is it a 40, a 60, a 100, infinity. Yeah. Just call it XL and we have to break it. We have to chip away at it. And, our, and the groups I've been a part of have gotten there in that same thing where that 13 was essentially a large. That's the biggest that would fit. You and I think you have to determine good. what that is. I, yeah. I think that large in points, whether it's a large or whether it's, I call it executable stories. If you're using Fibonacci and eye contact, a 13 would fit into our two-week sprints. Mm -hmm. A 20 would not. Mm -hmm. So that was our line. We were cognizant of that line for us. Yeah. And so to, we, we, we never would even allow a 20 to enter a sprint. We knew we had to decompose it to right. some degree. Uh, we didn't call it an epic or anything. We, we, I came up with this notion of a, a label called an executable story. Mm -hmm. Stories, we chipped at stories and, and over time, we had to make them executable. What does that mean in Fibonacci? That said, it had to be a 1 to 13. Right. Yeah. Right. We had to get it into that range in order for it to fit into a All right, So we've talked about the ranges and numbers. To your point, it really doesn't matter. right? Use whatever label you want. Well, no, but I mean, I think the number of choices matters and stuff. But they're both, they're, right. they're both so okay. I think we've both narrowed into about five. Because like, we end up with, what, 1, 2, 3, 5... 8, 13. So I've got about 6 for the groups that I'm working with. Yeah. You have about 5. So yeah. keep the keep the choices small. And I think you should mostly play in the middle 3. That's what I was saying as well, yeah. right? Yeah, so you should mostly play in the middle 3. The teeny and the large, or the extra large, probably shouldn't get a whole lot of play. But the bulk of what you do should really boil down to 3 different sizes. Essentially a small, medium, large. So you're fitting, I have this notion of packing a sprint. Yeah. You're our goal is to get packable, so executable stories or packable stories that fit into a sprint. Whatever your units are, that's going to be, to your point, small, medium, and larges. Those yeah. are going to fit. Our job is to get this stream of stories, ideas, things, requests, and get them chipped in, get them sized down to the point where they're small, mediums, and larges. And that's what matters, not the unit that you use, what you call it. right? It, it will be nice to call it story points because if you use some tool that's likely... Nice and easy, and using a number helps with math and things like that. Also, math can lead to danger, right? So that's some of the things we've talked about where a number gets published, and if you're in an unhealthy organization, that yep. can be a little bit scary. Um, so we've got that. Let's talk about how a group of people newly formed come up with that number. Is it complexity? Is it effort? Is it ambiguity? How do you come up with that number, right? Because that's what a lot of people in, so, in those slam wars have argued about, of its complexity, its effort. It's so so for, for 10 years, and I'm not saying I'm right, and I, so I went to Mike Cohn's product owner class mm -hmm. in 2007, so that's almost 10 years ago. Uh, 
and that he's the guy I got. He and Schwaber actually. So uh, I was trained by those two guys. They ran the CSPO class. It was a very early class. It was one of the early ones. Uh, I read his books years ago, and somewhere along the line, I've been and I've coached a lot, and mm-hmm. I, I've coached that story points are composed of two things. It's it's level of effort and it's complexity. And I'm not talking about hours or days. I'm just talking about, you know, relative level of effort. Is this hard or not? If I'm mowing my yard, if I have a single truck, if I have a single plot of ground versus I have, you see, ever see houses that have all kinds of little swatches of grass. Mm-hmm. If I have to switch gears, so if I can just mow one area, to me, that might level of, you know, you know, level of effort for that might be simpler. It's flat. So the level of effort for that is it's a flat piece of ground. Level mm-hmm. of effort is going to be relatively easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's my backyard has hills on it, and I'm, I'm on a hill with a with a non, it's actually a bob propelled mower. Well, Ooh. me pushing it on the hill yeah. at a sharp angle is really square footage is not right. But it, what I would say, level of effort in that case is hard, and complexity starts coming into play. Mm-hmm. So I've talked about two things. Is it, you know, what's the relative level of effort and what's the relative complexity? Try to, in your brain, think about those two perspectives and come up with a unified number points that reflect those things. So is it, is it you know, just hard work and is it, you know, in, in hard or challenging work? Is it mm-hmm. challenging work and put those two together? The other thing is it's all work. And we didn't say that yet, but and a lot of people struggle with this. I don't know why we don't get this in the flame warms. I'm still. I, I was with a team a couple of weeks ago, and they're adding up points. So developers have points, testers oh, have man. points. That's still alive and well, Josh, yeah. out there. It, it boggles boggles my mind. But people are still doing points on a per what silo basis or a per function basis. So it's all work, and just come up with something that's rel- that the team is relatively comfortable with. Uh, to me, your example of a small, what, what did you say? It's linear, mm-hmm. it's front end, it's a simple transaction, that's a nice small. You, you, know, you could say, sometimes I use the term like, is it something that a couple people could work on, is it just one thing? Yeah. Is it trivial work? Is it straightforward work? Is it something you could knock out in a day? Sometimes when I'm explaining this to people, I do use time, right? right? It, because time does help. Is it something we can knock out in a day or two? Is it something that one person can knock out? A medium to me would be something that would take a couple days for a couple people to do. Right. Uh, a larger would be a couple, you know, maybe a week, you know, a sprint and a half for even more people to do, or something where one or two people will work almost for two, you know, for for the entire sprint. Mm-hmm. Something like that to just give people all this relative information so that we can come out with, a, you know, a comfortable set of relative points. Yeah, I know you're going to yell at me. No, so. I'm not. So I agree with the so, – so when I talk with some people about the complexity effort, they're intertwined and they live together. The thing that I really focused on was that relatively – is that you can look at something and know is it bigger or smaller. You have – and you can get into the weeds about – what the factors are that get into that. But a group of intelligent people looking at a problem, they're going to know. And what gets good over time is you end up with these natural reference stories that as you go through sprint after sprint after sprint, you have that five that you always talk about. That, oh, do you remember that five? That this this is harder than that one because we have to do this, this, and this. And like, oh, okay, you're probably right. So then everybody coalesces around eight, things like that. So you end up with these natural reference stories or 
gosh, this is easier than that one because yep. of this. Yep. And you end up talking about the complexity and the effort and things so like that. So you're referencing it, back as you learn. Yeah. I actually ask teams to print out their reference stories. So I'll take a, I don't know if you do this, but I take a step further and say, team, as quickly as you can, establish a baseline of reference stories. Like the perfect back end, you know, if it's back end centric or front end centric, mm-hmm. you might have two references. I might have a medium front end centric reference story and a medium back end centric reference story. Print them out, put them on a wall. Right. And and it's for the team. It's not for the organization. Right. It's for, yeah. for that team. Here's your reference stories. I find that doing that, uh, not just letting it happen, because you there's this natural thing where you, the team may talk about, yeah, we've seen we've done something like that before. I like to bring it to a wall and almost have the team say, these are our reference stories. Uh, it really helps with estimation, okay? Because they they sort of right, yeah, it good. gets them connected back. Uh, do you have you done that at all? We more, more informal. I have done an initial so that reference story we created a, a wiki page and pointed that back to it for for ourselves for our own reference. But I do like the idea of defining that out further because that would just shorten the whole discussion, right? And the the thing that I love about our our teams that we have now is they are aggressively trying to get refinement as efficient as possible. Yep. And they would really appreciate that because that just reduces that discussion down of, yep. oh, okay, here's a here's what a five looks like. So, this isn't that. Sometimes I use that. You maybe have heard me use the term calibration I, or recalibrate. I, so what reference stories do is you calibrate to your reference stories. Yeah. Uh, and you can't do them. So a brand new team, back to your point, a brand new team can't calibrate because they have no reference. Reference stories are real stories. You've executed them. You've delivered them. You estimated it as a five, and you've delivered it, and you've delivered it as five points, let's say, or a large. And you're like, wow, that that really, we did well. We did really good. That was, not only did we think it was a five or a large, it was a five. And you hang that up there. It takes a, a few sprints to develop those. So I want to throw something out to you that one of my developers said to me probably a month or two ago as our second squad was coming on board and we were talking about points and sizing and things like that. And I haven't decided where I stand on this, but he talked about that a team's velocity will actually increase over time because they should get more efficient at how they build that five-point story. So when you first build that front-to-back thing, fully tested everything, the first few times, you're not going to be as good at it. But a year later, when you've done it 25 times, that five-point story actually takes less amount of time because you've gotten better at that. Do you recalibrate at all, so or do I've, you just leave it? I don't recalibrate on a release. So, so one, having reference stories and having this notion of calibration in our heads helps us with baselines, right? Mm-hmm. And and it helps us actually have quicker estimation, quicker grooming, quicker refinement as well. Um, usually a brand spanking new team, back to your point, a brand spanking new team will really screw up their pointing initially. They'll right. be they'll be off. Now they won't they won't linearly be off. They might have smalls down and larges down, but the mediums are all over the place or right. something. Uh, so normally for me, after two, three, four sprints or after a release I find most brand spanking new teams need to recalibrate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even care. It's not a performance recalibration. It's just a how accurate are you estimating? Yeah. How accurate are your reference stories? Well, then recalibrate. I'd also go back and say, if you've done release planning, 
I would say not only recalibrate your points, but if you if Josh has done some forecasting forward, right. he's part of the recalibration because right. those adjustments, if there are adjustments, you have to adjust the forecast. I would say you do that periodically, not maybe once, maybe you know, once a year or something. If you have to, if it becomes blatantly obvious, let's say we've really improved, right? Right. So a brand new team, it's obvious if we're way off. Uh, to me, a mature team, it would be obvious because now, you know, our lar- our mediums are now smalls because we're really efficient. Okay, mm-hmm. and then let's recalibrate and then recalibrate the release plan. Right. As well. And I've struggled with. Is that difference really going to be visible and consumable to where it really makes a difference? Like, is that if? So I'm not talking about like a five to eight variance. Yeah. I'm talking about like orders of magnitude difference, okay. right? I'm, I'm talking about yeah. significant difference. You'd recalibrate if if it was a brand new team and we were within like a couple. That's that's use Fibonacci. If we're you know if we're hitting you know fives and eights, so our fives oscillate between a true five and an eight. I, yeah, I, it's not I'd worth put, it. it. It's probably not worth it. I'd right. put it up to the team. If it, it would be a team decision, and we might defer it and see see if it washes out, it, mm-hmm. you know, after a few more sprints or something like that. I'm talking about something like our. We just suck at back end mediums, right? And sometimes they're small, and sometimes they're large, and sometimes they're extra large. And we need to. Wh- what I would say there is, we need to dive into our estimation of that type of story. Yeah. Maybe change our reference stories. There's something happening. Maybe testability is coming in or something. Mm-hmm. And then we we might need to recalibrate based on that. We're way off. Right. But don't you know? Don't don't overzealously do that. Right. I, to me, reference stories, people don't talk about this much, but the notion of a reference, the notion of having some sort of a baseline for the team sort of leads it into that stuff. I don't think Cone ever talked, I don't think Mike Cone talked about that notion very much. He may have, but I don't think so. Okay, so I want to get back to the one thing that we diverted from. This will be the last thing we cover um, as we wrap it up, is that ballparkiness of if you have a Well, I have one topic, too, that I want to bring up. So, okay. So... so the thing that we're coming out of this with a recommendation for is make sure your groups are in the same ballpark, not wildly different on an order of magnitude, right? The variance of, you know, a few points here and there doesn't matter. Take take the average and run with it. And don't right. and don't nitpick on, you know, point two five point difference and things like that. Even a five point difference per per sprint. It, it doesn't add a whole lot of value to go and try and change that. So one way to do that is reference stories help because you, you make them public to everyone. Right. So your team can look at my team's reference stories and we can sort of very gradually. I've seen that as a side effect of having reference stories where it, you just, you're sharing it. Right. And people are sort of aggregating. The other thing I've done is I've asked the scrum masters to guide the teams towards some consistency. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've never come up with a rule that's, I've never come up with like global thermonuclear organizational rules to say this is what a five is. Right. Uh, between the product owners and the scrum masters coaching their teams, knowing that we have to be in the ballpark and then having reference stories and then just sort of having people go from team to team, natural mm-hmm. transfers. I at eye contact, we were able to stay in the ballpark. It right. wasn't, a, it was not something that I worried about too much. Right. Okay, so last topic, your topic. Um, I've sometimes, so I've got, so 10 years ago, Fibonacci, so if I coach teams, I lean towards full Fibonacci. Mm -hmm. Then I started trimming Fibonacci. I started removing, like there's a question mark, I didn't remove the, but there's an infinity card, there's a half card. The full Fibonacci deck is pretty robust. It's not six choices, it's like 
13 choices or something. Right. Uh, lots and lots of choices, lots and lots of debates. So then over the years, I started winnowing down Fibonacci. I would start you know, throwing out cards. Yeah. Um, then T-shirt sizes, maybe five years ago, six years ago, whatever, T-shirt sizes came in. And then I started, I'm like, you know what? Maybe go to 135. Mm-hmm. I, uh, let's go to T-shirt sizes. So I went from 13 choices to five choices to or three plus a couple peripheral choices. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a team a while back, oh, years ago, I had a team that was struggling with estimation in general, and I did something really weird to them. I said, stop doing estimation at all. I said, you can't estimate. You suck at estimation. You suck at pointing. Uh, and it was affecting their execution. Mm-hmm. It was it, So they were, they were just being demoralized. They were failing their sprints. They were going in. They couldn't estimate and they couldn't plan effectively. And I just said, stop estimating. Estimate every... Don't do any pointing. Take a few stories in. Uh, task out your stories on a demand basis. And just focus on getting as much stuff done as you possibly can in a sprint. Mm-hmm. So it was really like a story would come in and it was almost Kanban. It mm-hmm. was it was before Kanban was sexy for yeah. software. It was like, guys, you, you, you're really struggling with working as a team. So don't estimate anything. Focus on tasking, focus on collaboration, and focus on flow and get execution done. We did that for a few sprints, if you will. Uh, so we weren't really pre-estimating anything. Uh, clearly, they had to figure out, oh, this is too big for a sprint. We, we, we would have to break up. So if it was an epic story, it would have to be broken up. But that would be done right at the... We wouldn't be grooming well in advance. Right. If we had, we would groom right there when these things needed to enter the sprint. We would say, oh, this is too big. We can, do, we can only do half of it, then split it in half, bring that half into the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, after the team got some experience, we went back to estimation and things like that for forecasting. Uh, but it was the execution. And, and what, I've, what I learned then was, I don't know, and, and over the years I've gotten even more this way, do the numbers even count, Josh? Now I'm cutting to the chip. Do, do we even need to do it at all? Uh, you know, so I went from 13 to 6 to 3. We have, you know, do, what, what do the numbers matter much? They, what matters more? I think something matters more than the freaking numbers, the mm-hmm. estimates. And that's where I, my brain went with the flame wars we were talking about. It's like, guys, you're arguing about the wrong thing. We need to be focusing less on estimation and more on execution is what, is what I'm trying to do. How do you feel about that? I want the flow. I want the execution to be worked out. Who, whether it's a 3 or a 20, we'll, yeah. we'll figure that out as we execute it. Right. Right? It'll, it'll come out in the wash uh, as we deliver it. That's where we're focused on delivering the stories. I, I sometimes today feel like we're focusing on estimation when we should be focusing more. Estimation is a second-order priority. Execution is a first-order priority. Thoughts? I agree completely. Um, the challenge is... I think there's a but out there, though. There's a valid it, but. It's all the external stuff. Yeah. Right? Like, how, how do you... Everybody... Forecasting. Yeah. That's, you you got to do some forecasting. Right. It goes back to, I, I think... Story user stories, and maybe this is fodder for the next Metacast. I think the most important part of planning poker is the conversation. Agree. 
I think the most important part of use of stories is the conversation. Yep. I think the most important part of design discussions is the conversation. It, and it goes, so planning poker is not, everyone's like, oh, what's, are we driving the right number? I'm like, screw the number. Are yeah. you having the right discussion? Right. Are you talking about, it goes back to complexity. Uh, you know, oh, we all think it's a five. Yeah, but if you blew it, that this is the hard, have you ever, has anyone in the room ever done this before? Oh, no. Well, then you don't have a clue. We don't have a clue. So let's, let's talk about that as a team. So the conversation, I think, is much more important than the numbers. The numbers drive that. So that's where the numbers are useful, right? The, the fact that you and I are talking about, is it an eight versus a one? I'm less interested in eight versus one. I need it for arithmetic. Right. I'm more interested in why do you think it's a one? Why do I think it's an eight? What are we thinking about? And, so here's and how the question does, how do to people you, react? to your, so at eye contact, yeah, you 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 had these ten teams. You had an idea they could roughly do about two hundred and fifty points per sprint as a collective Correct. group. Did you really have your roadmap slash backlog sized and pointed to where you could really do the math, or was it still you just figuring stuff out, taking the? No, we did we did, we did some look ahead for about a sprint and a half, two sprints. And, right. and the product owners did that as part of grooming with their teams. Okay. So as part that's of a sprint and a half, two sprint. That's not roadmap no, no, stuff, No, no, right? no, 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 no. Release, I'm sorry. Yeah. I missed a release. Okay. Okay. So that's four four sprints per release. So we were looking okay. at somewhere between six to eight. Okay. On a team-by-team -team basis, depending on the product owner, they were with their team looking out. But what we did over time is we went from Fibonacci to T-shirts. If you looked at us over five or six years or whatever it is, we were getting less units and more, right. more discussion. We were getting just better at flow and less interested. Uh, it wasn't as extreme as I just described it, but we were less interested in the numbers and more interested in the work and the flow. Mm -hmm. And and being in the ballpark, right? Being, being relatively accurate with our, yes, 25, we were consistent. You can plan 25 points for this team. The team isn't delivering 25 one sprint and 15 the next. And, and then 40 the next or something. They don't have a lot of carryover stories. They're, they're sort of delivering on a, a really consistent tempo on a team-by-team -team basis. Not for manager, well, for managers, but for the, for the teams, for the product owner. Yeah. Right. So the product owner on each team. And that whole consistency thing is something I've struggled with, and, and I've backpedaled on that. We should cover that another time about striving for consistent velocity and that that actually... I believe would lead to the wrong behavior because right? so, then you're reducing the team's willingness to innovate and try different things. So there's a but there's a balancing act where the team has a responsibility to the business too, right? right? So I think that's but the, they have so, a responsibility. I think I think if you're the right people, they want to get better. So then do you stifle that by saying we need you at 25 points? So how do we have multiple factors where we're putting that burden on the team and saying it's a, you know what you, we came in here people want one answer, Josh, right? What if, the world is not that simplistic, right? Right. We want so. What do we, do we want? Innovation. Yes. Yes. Do we want consistency? Yes. Do we want to be able to forecast? Yes. Do I want creativity? Yes. So where <laughs> are they opposing factors? Absolutely. Now, okay. So do we have to lean? So, so can we? Are we? You know, our brains are. We are smart. Can we come up with something where we can balance between those two things mm -hmm. and oscillate between those two things? I think that's the discussion. Okay, cool. But but a lot of folks want, just tell me the, 
Yeah. Tell me the magic. It's Fibonacci plus something. They want the Cliff Notes answer. They want the Cliff Notes yeah. answer, yeah. And, uh, and and they want it to be, and then they want to check their brain at the door and say, okay, I'm going to always do it this way. I, I want to give, bring some complexity to this. Because the world, it, it's and it's not. Those are the two complexity points from my point of view. We have some forecasting consistency needs, but to your point, I have your same fear. I don't want people to be constrained by the numbers. I right. want us to try new things. I want us to be creative, etc. All of that stuff. Yeah. I want us to fail. That exactly. I, that's fodder for our next. Maybe we can carry this into our next metacast. Okay, cool. There's some things you and I can share offline and email. We could create a little mini list because I want to talk about conversation some more. Yeah. I really think we need to start talking more, uh, and it's not just with planning poker. It's across. It's all of these uh, fist of five. Does it matter what number in a fist of five? It's the conversation. It's like, damn it, everyone. We need to start being... The first thing we need to be thinking about is are we having effective, agile conversations as a team, I think. Cool. Agree. Did we... we so we're sticking a half a fork in this thing? Well, yeah. Like kind of three or four prongs. Okay. Right? We've got a little follow-up. We've got a dessert to follow up. I think so. So, how do folks find us, Josh? Well, Bob, I'm glad you asked, I'm asked aren't you? Uh, yes, I am. So, uh, you found us somehow. Thanks for listening. If you want to find more of us, you can uh, find us at metacast.com, meta-cast. On Twitter, meta-cast, all spelled out. We're on Facebook. We're posting LinkedIn, my personal blog, which is Josh Anderson spelled backwards, if you can spell that one. Good luck. Oh my God. Yeah. There's too many Josh Andersons. There are. Yeah. Yeah. There's only one Josh Anderson in my mind. (laughs) For a while, I owned the real JoshAnderson.com. Did you? (laughs) Yeah. 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 So we're out there. I've actually posted us on some uh, agile blog sites that had... Reddit. We're on Reddit now. That's right. All right. Not that you know what Reddit is, Bob. I don't know what Reddit, but as long as we're there. Yeah, we're there. So... Get us everywhere, meta-cast. We're open to ideas for topics, so send us topics. No matter how, reach out to us. Let us know what topics you'd be interested in. Uh, I'm starting to put blog links into the Metacast blog, so don't just, if you've read one, if you've listened to a, a previous Metacast, start looking back because you're going to start seeing links to some white papers or articles or blog posts or something like that. Uh, we're not only trying to build podcasts forward, but build content back. And, and I think you'll see some of that. I, I put a bunch of links in there just the other day, probably in the last 10 or 15 Metacasts. So there's information. We're trying to give you as many tools or ideas as we can. So all that being said, mm-hmm. I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And bake. Take care, everyone. No, bye, y'all. Oh, bye, y'all. Thank you. <laughs>